It's time for Gatespeed on RSN Central on this Tuesday afternoon. It's nine minutes past 12, and joining me as always is Dan Malecki. Good afternoon to you, Dan. Hi, uh, Gareth. Good afternoon to you, mate. It's been a, a pretty full-on uh, last few days, hasn't it? And a lot more news happening uh, this morning on, on your show and, and also on Racing Pulse. So uh, plenty to digest. Yeah, there is plenty happening. I just want to thank you once again. That was a wonderful tribute to kick off proceedings there for Gavin Lang. Um, so many great memories. And the stat that I didn't know, and it was a brilliant stat to commence the show, was the stat regarding that he's won 25 of the 27 country cups. Extraordinary, isn't it? I, I couldn't help. You know what I'm like. I, yeah. I don't sort of trust anyone else. I do all the stuff. Uh, myself and the research, and I started looking, I started thinking, geez, he's won a lot of country cups, hasn't he? And I went through the whole lot of them, and there ended up being two of them, and one was a, a track that only races at once a year, and the other one was a Chuka. So he'd won every uh, country cup in the state, bar, uh, bar two, and of course he'd won a Victoria Cup as well, so if you want to add that in, it's, it's 26 of the 28. It's, it's a remarkable record. So the two tracks, was it Birchip and Chuka? Now, I think Birchip he'd won at, Achuka was one, yeah. and I'm trying to remember the other one now. It might have been something <laughs> so, like a, a, you got um, 20 minutes. an Elmore an Elmore, or something like that. You okay. Know? Yeah. One man that knew Gavin better than anyone was Clinton McSwain, and he worked for, for Gavin as his foreman for about a decade, I think, and Clinton joins us now on RSN Central Skate Speed. Good afternoon to you, Clinton. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Gareth, and uh, hello to you too, Dan. Um, how long did you work for Gavin for? Yeah, it was um, not a bit short of 10 years, not quite long enough to get the gold watch. <laughs> Wouldn't have been too far off at uh, Clinton. I, I, um, I remember those days, because you had a... I remember you working with John Keldo uh, and then Gavin. Gavin was a long, uh, a long stay, wasn't it? You were there for quite a while. You must, have, uh, you must have got to know him really closely. Yeah, it was a privileged uh, position I was put in, um, like through the through a mutual friend, Mick Stanley, he sort of got me in the door there. And, um, you know, it was a place where you were um, not given a lot of credit, but not berated either. Um, but you just felt comfortable and you felt, um, and, and which I turned out to become just uh, one of the family. Like his two, his two girls, Courtney and Danielle, I, uh, I refer to them as my sisters. So he um, just made you feel comfortable in your surroundings. And, 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 um, but like I said, there was never any thanks, never any pats on the back. It was just a nod of the head or a head shake, as we all know. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, a very privileged position I was given. What was your role there, um, Clinton, and what was a, a day like working there at G Lang's place? Uh, initially, I started there. I was the fourth member of the, or fifth, including Gavin, uh, there was Travis Preston, Mick Stanley, Rodney Petroff and myself. So um, I was just sort of, you know, he had about 30 in work when I started, so pretty much all the stables were full. And, you know, it was it was intense uh, from, you know, start to finish. He was, you know, just your typical boss, just expected everything done right and how he'd like it. And if you did that, it was, um, it was all OK. Uh, but you soon knew, as uh, I listened to the show yesterday, if the head shake come out, you you knew you were in the uh, the wrong area. And uh, you were driving for him. You were um, you, you you did a bit of driving there as well, didn't you? Um, as a junior uh, Clinton, so you got plenty of experience not just um, by handling the horses and working there, but also on the track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, uh, I remember 
the first, I think it was the first drive I had for Gav, it was at Shepparton, and um, he was in the same race. We had two in the same race, and I sat in the truck all the way to Shepparton. Not, not a word was said about the race. Geared him up. Not a word was said. And we get off the track. I ran third, and he said, I had to go. And that's pretty much what he was like. He, he challenged you to to think your way through it, and then afterwards you'd work it out. And and he was like that. And like Mick Stanley said yesterday, you learnt so much more probably on the trip homes from the races than you did on the way. Um, but I was fortunate, very fortunate. He gave me opportunities on horses like Deanna Troy, who won a ladyship mile, uh, Innocent Eyes, who, who we all know her deeds back mm. through the day. So I was just, you know... I was wrapped, and you touched on before, Dan, that I worked for John Keldo. Well, growing up in Sanan as a young fella, I attended the, the local trots, the Wedderburns, the Charltons, the Borts, the Sananans, and Gavin, and, and John were my idols. Um, you watch them go around every every race, and, you know, then to get a job with John and then to Gavin, it was just a yeah, dream come true. Clinton, was there one piece of advice that still is with you today? Well, it's funny. Um, on Sunday morning, I trialled two two-year-olds of my own. And as I'm walking into the track, there's this voice inside my head, and it was Gavin. And he said, teach him to race horses before you treat him like race horses. And it was almost like he was walking right beside me. Um, it was uh, a very uh, emotional moment, I can assure you. No, like, no, one, no one was there and sort of would realise, but... Um, that's one that I've sort of had to have grown up with um, now that I'm breaking and educating a lot of young ones for, for you know, different trainers, but um, just being, uh, just teaching them, teach them before you treat them. And, and that's pretty, been pretty special advice for me. And your wife, uh, Jolene, you two have been together for a while now. It's easy to lose count of years, but I remember you celebrating your, um, yeah, your honeymoon on the tour going to New Zealand, which uh, would have to be be close to 20 years ago now, wouldn't it? No, Clinton? no, it's only 2008. Um, okay. <laughs> I'd say it's only, we've only been married 12 years this year, but we've been together quite a, quite a long time since then. So uh, it is funny, that trip, I think you're on it, Dan, to be honest. Um, uh, we get on the bus in New Zealand, the tour bus, and I, I said to my wife, Jolene, I said, look, I just want to have a nice time away. Don't really want to talk about, you know, who I work for and that. John says, "Yeah, no, good idea. We'll go to the trots and that, and catch up with all the people we've met through Gavin, New Zealand, and blow me down." There's an elderly couple from Tasmania sit in in the seats in front of us, and they turn around and say, "You work for Gavin Lane, don't you?" And it was just like, you know, working for him, you just become, um, like I said, a part of the family. Yeah, you became a rock star. Um, What about? If you could, if if you could um, say something to Gavin now, what would you say to him, mate? Oh, I don't know, mate. Uh, the last couple of days have been pretty low from my end, but you know, just thanks for the memories, thanks for the opportunities, just thanks for being a mate. He was even when I moved to Bendigo, he was never a, was always a phone call away, and he'd give you your time, no matter what he was doing. You know, just to be that friend, um, the mentor. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just stuck for words, really. I'm, I, I couldn't get out of bed on Saturday morning to work the horses, but I knew I could hear him again saying, get out of bed, 
don't be sulking, get the job done, and that's what he want to do. And it took me all day Saturday to work, and but I, you know, I got through it. And tell us what uh, what team you've got. Is it Manburley uh, Farm, uh, Clinton? That you the, the name of the property you're working at, and, and and tell us what you've got coming up, and how many horses you've got in the stable. Uh, I've got about ten here at the moment. Um, the oldest horses I've got are only two year olds. I've got three two year olds, and the rest are just yearlings. Uh, I do a lot of breaking and uh, you know education work for the likes of Peter Walsh and and stables like that. But once again, the connection there was thanks to Gavin. Um, but um, I trialled a two-year-old trotter by Muscle Mass on on Sunday. Uh, he he went quite well. Uh, he's on lease from Duncan McPherson's Elder Baron Park. And I've also got a two-year-old filly here. He's a half-sister to Shadow Sacks. Um, her owner, Liz Burney, entrusted me with her, and I've sort of got racing partners in her, which includes... Alabar and a few close friends and, and, and some people I've never met before. So, you know, it's uh, it's exciting times and I like playing with the babies and I could do all um, John Wilkinson's uh, breaking. And if people who don't know John Wilkinson, he, he owns Sicario. Uh, but I met him through working at Gavin's and now I do all his breaking in. So once again, um, you know, that association with Gavin just, has just kept on shining through. And I mentioned Joel and your wife before, and I'm sure you'll get to 20 the way you're going. You're sailing along well. I'm going to touch wood because if I happen to Moz that, I'll never <laughs> forgive myself, Clinton, sorry. Um, but Joel Lean's been involved as a, as a uh, race in Victoria Stewart for quite a while, and um, uh, she is, seems to have picked a really good uh, vacation for her because um, uh, she must be enjoying it. Tell us what it's like uh, over the dinner table. You're talking about your horses and, um, and Jolene coming back from stewarding in, uh, in Victoria, the, the gallops. Uh Jolene's probably, once again, talk about the privileged position. She, um, you know, it's very confidential, the stuff that she comes across. So there's not much, um, you know, in-depth talk. But it's always interesting and, and it really helps me because I also do a bit of part-time um, teaching with the Harness Racing Training Centre. It helps me um, offload information like that onto onto Stuart, uh, Stuart, students. Sorry. Um, so it's, you know, it's... Um, very beneficial that she she works and you know you just get a little bit of an insight into what it's like sitting across the table well clinton's been great catching up with you mate um i know you have been doing it tough over the last couple of days and we are all going to to miss gavin from the tributes that started here on rsn on saturday when chris elford spoke to dan malecki maddie stewart michael felgate and then for the tribute catching up with some of his great mates there yesterday and then of course hearing you it's um um, he, he definitely will be missed, and um, we thank you for your time here on RSN Central today for Gatesbeak. Thanks very much, and, and you know my deepest sympathies go out to Megan and the family. But um, just in closing, he to me will be a gift that keeps on giving, and you know his uh, legacy will will live on, you know, past well past my uh, lifetime, and he he won't be forgotten easily. Yeah, well said, mate. Here, here. Good on you, Clinton. Thanks for that. Cheers, guys. There's Clint McSwain. He worked for Gavin Lang for close to a decade over there at Melton. Now he's got a small team of his, small team of his own, and um, I found it, um, um, yeah, moving when he was when he was speaking about Gavin and how he could still hear Gavin in his ear on Sunday after a two-year-old trial. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, it's funny you say that because we put a bit of time into to yesterday's show, and I. 
I'm not the sort of person that uh, relives my own race calls, um, uh, Gareth, but I, I had... You know, I was searching in my head, and and it was it was amazing how many race calls where we're looking at audio from the radio perspective, where his name was mentioned, and um, yeah, it, it was a bit like that. I must admit, it was a difficult night to sleep the the night before last. Uh, and you were right, it was Birchip the other one. So Achuca and Birchip were the two uh, the two cups. So one of the venues race once a year, and um, and Achuca's the one that's obviously more regular track. They were the only two country pacing cups that uh, Gavin Lang wasn't able to win, which is rather extraordinary. That was extraordinary, really. And there goes everybody's trivia question when they talk about the great man, G. Lang. Um, it's still hard to, to, to fathom that he never really won a... Well, he never won a pacing championship in the Inter-Dominion, but he was successful with the Trotters. He won everything else. Um, but I think when you talk about great drivers, like the best of the best... Um, He's up there, definitely, and many people, I think the majority of people would have him number one. And when you hear all of the young people coming through the sport these days, their hero is Gavin Lang or Chris Alford. Those two clearly stand out, especially in this day. Yeah, and look, everyone talks about jockeys and drivers and, and, yeah. and the references often made to their hands and the coolness of their yep. hands, the coldness of their hands sometimes, the touching of their hands, the little time he would spend on a horse's rein and therefore bit. And you wouldn't often see a horse uh, that didn't settle with Gavin. If they over-raced, it was maybe because they were... Uh, you know, they could have been fired up for another reason or they might have been hitting the cart, which we saw with Auckland Reactor once in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final. But they settled so well for him. He just had such kind hands. And I think everyone, there wouldn't be a person that wouldn't have recognised that. And as a result, anyone that wants to be a reinsman, naturally, you want to get your horses to settle. And I don't think there was any better. In fact, I'm certain there was no better. Might have been as good, but there were no better than Gavin Lang. And I think his peers say that as well when I was talking to a few of his peers organising yesterday's show. Um, they said that they would see a horse that usually would be bolting and be pulling its brains out in previous starts and they would look around and then Gavin would jump on and they would just drop the bit. And I asked those particular drivers, especially one particular driver, I won't give away their name, but I asked, like, um, can you teach that? And it's, it's some people have got it and some people haven't. He had that amazing ability to um, feel a horse and talk to a horse in a way and make them feel comfortable, which is obviously a, a gift. And, and Gavin had one of the greatest gifts when it comes to driving a horse and, and knowing a standard bread. I'll tell you one thing that you can't teach, though, is to have your head right on the winning post but not have it on the uh, in front with about two metres to go. You look at all the races over the years and you just think about it. How many times Gavin was not in front yeah. with a metre to go but he won the race? I, I give up. You know, imagine all the heart palpitations that punters had had for a period of time, owners had had, even race callers. Uh, when you look at them, you know, you're just expecting if he was going to be close in a photo finish, he was the one you wanted to have your eyes on because he seemed to get a hell of a lot more photo finishes uh, in first place than he did in second. He was like the octagonal of harness racing. <laughs> He's yeah, so many close he knew photos. Where the line was. Yeah, and I think with Gavin too listening to the trainers and drivers speak about him over the last three or four days is that Gavin had that ability to look after horses as well. He seemed to always have a plan in his head. And I had a small share on a horse that he drove a lot in Hector JJ and even Aki would point out that Gavin would look after the horse for the bigger dances and he would make sure that he would give David Aiken a horse back after um, they would particularly, well, after each and every race. 
and and Gavin had that ability to make horses. He 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 had that ability to look after horses. So they be they had a long sustained career at the high level. He and as Clinton pointed out, he actually um, he taught them to be race horses. Yeah. Oh, look, that's so true. And I think he definitely learned that from his dad, Graham. I mean, a lot of horses that they had, um, particularly that they were training, they run a lot more seconds and thirds and, uh, than they did win. So they maximised their uh, their potential and their earnings for their uh, for their owners and themselves. So uh, he was very good like that. He would look after a horse. He'd get uh, the most out of them. Longevity was a key. I mean, the longer the horses are around for, the bigger potential they have to win prize money. And it definitely worked that way. And look, some of those horses, they were opportunists horses if they were sit sprinters um gareth they had to have the conditions to suit them and if they're walking and they're sit sprinters they're not going to win are they so sometimes you had to wait for the right moment and when the right moment happened he had to be in the right spot to give him that yep. chance and he just seemed to do it uh well, he, we all know he did it so often. Um, he could be on a 20-to-1 shot in a race where there, you think there's no speed and this horse needs speed, but you couldn't risk not putting the horse in the quaddy, could you? So it ended up costing you more, but the one time it got up, uh, he could still drive a winner at good odds. Uh, and his training ability as well. Um, he, he got back into the training side of things, didn't he, in the last few years? Great and trainer. his record was just amazing. I know at one stage there, uh, I reckon he'd been back training for about six to nine months, and I think there was only three horses out of about 60 starters that had not run in the top four, uh, which is quite extraordinary. Wonderful, gifted horseman, and I think he was such a great driver. Sometimes people forget what a wonderful trainer, what a wonderful trainer he was. Um, Dan, I know that I look forward to green light on each and every Thursday, um, do you mind if I put you on the spot again? Go on. I think it would be... Someone mentioned this to me the other day and said this would be great if we could get Dan Malecki to do this. A phantom race call of Gavin Lang's greatest horses that he ever drove. And we could have a winner who Dan thinks who would actually win that race. And boy, it would be a beauty. So is it a, a mixed gate? A trotters mixed versus gate, paces? Mixed gate, trotters versus paces. True Roman would nearly have to start favourite, you would imagine. There'd be persistency well, that would be there, Hector Is JJ. it a stand start or, or a mobile? Well, I mean, I, I reckon, I tell you what, I'll do it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you, you, you and, your, and, and our listeners can come yes. up with uh, the field. You, you can be the, uh, um, you can give the tick we'll to the final field. Yep. This was because Mick McGuire's sure idea, by it, the way. Oh, well, that's all right. Well, Mickey yep. can come up with the field. I like that yeah. suggestion. It's just that I'll do the call. But I would hate to be the one the finger pointed out. I left out a really good horse um, yeah. because in other eyes, you know, someone else thought it was better. So how about that? That works how well. And then horses? if it fails, we go down with the, the ship. Well, I would say uh, I would say either 10 or 12. All right, 10 or 12. Um, start with your nominations now, 0416905052. 0416905052. The, Gavin Lang had to have uh, driven those horses. Um to big race success, so it'll be a stellar field. We'll have a we'll have a field of ten, Dan. The top ten. We'll put it on social media. We'll get people to vote in, and you can call it. Okay, done. I can't on Thursday, wait for so we'll do this for this Thursday. Green light on. Yep. Okay. Oh, I love you, Danny. Hey, good work, mate. Thanks for your help over the last couple of days, and we'll catch up with you again on Thursday. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Gary.